You are listening to episode number 24 of the Dr. Denise Simpson podcast. Welcome to the Dr. Denise Simpson podcast, where every week she'll help you master your internal forces to realize your mental, emotional, and spiritual potential. Here is your host, certified life and leadership coach, Dr. Denise Simpson. Hey friends, welcome to A Cup of Ambition. Yes, this is a series within the podcast of the Dr. Denise Simpson Show. Yeah. So A Cup of Ambition series. I started this because I wanted to highlight women with lots of ambition, but women who have fulfilled a lot of that ambition or are fulfilling ambition. They've got great desire to create great desire to be prosperous, great desire to give back. These are women who, to me, represent women with ambition. And the Cup of the cup of Ambition series actually started because of the 9 to 5 movie with Dolly Parton and the song 9 to 5. And in the lyrics, the top of, of the song, she says, I'm going to pour myself a cup of ambition. And I thought, oh, yes, please. Love this this sentiment of this song, the struggles of an ambitious woman living in a corporate box and uh, the struggles that she faces and how all she wants to do is just fulfill this great ambition she has to just be herself. And so I can relate to that, obviously. And so I started this series to, like I said, highlight women who are on that path of fulfilling their ambition. And today's guest, Rebecca Irvine is one of those women that I admire and really, really want to see succeed and prosper because she deserves it. Deserves it, my friend, just like you. Whoever's listening to this, you deserve this too. And so Rebecca is a hairstylist. Yes, she is my personal hairstylist. Yeah, for the last, my gosh, I don't know, seven, eight years, something like that. I don't know. You'll hear it in the interview today. I think we even talk about that. But here's what's really important about Rebecca. She is, first and foremost, an entrepreneur. She knew this. She knew this very young. She knew she wanted to go into entrepreneurship and has spent the last 17 years in the beauty industry. She knows this industry intimately. And about six years ago, Rebecca created and founded Bex & Co. It's a salon here in Austin by the domain you all need to go see her or her her staff there. Amazing service. And I'm so lucky to have Rebecca as my personal hairstylist. Um, even though she's so busy running all of these salons and all of these businesses, she still makes time for her primary clients. And so I, I like to kind of puff my chest a little bit in saying that because she could she could have tossed me over to someone else by now, but she hasn't. And I hope she doesn't. But she now coaches entrepreneurs. I mean, she loves this path of coaching. You know, she takes on these hairstylists and they come into her salons and she grooms them, she prepares them, she coaches them to fulfill their ambition. And she, you know, has a few salons here in Austin, not just the one at the domain, but a few other salons in Austin. And here's what else she did. Because, you know, Rebecca, 
was like, I could do anything and I can start any business. And and let me tell you, she owns and operates a Star Cycle studio. It's a cycling studio in Cedar Park here in Texas. It's a boutique fitness studio. And she and her husband are running that. And I remembered like not seeing her for like two months or something. We were traveling and I finally get back into her chair and she's like, oh, so while you were gone, uh, we opened a, a Star Cycle studio. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Because you're not busy enough? Listen, she loves to get on that bike. She loves to spin. She loves to teach. So if she's not serving her clients on the chair, she is on a bike serving us. So she's amazing. Now, Rebecca chooses to work within all of her businesses. Yeah. Like she doesn't delegate things to people and like goes off and, you know, travels the world. No, she is in everything, both at Star Cycle as an instructor and of course the owner, but also over at Bex and Co as a hairstylist. And she feels like she needs to be in the weeds of things connected to her clients, but also connected to her staff so she can help them grow. She can also continue to build her brand and the culture that she wants to create for her staff. So Rebecca is someone that I look up to. She has this entrepreneurial spirit. And we talk about entrepreneurial things when I sit on her chair. And I've asked her so many questions about risk and failure and how she you know, she's wired in her brain to to take risk and has redefined failure for herself. Rebecca believes so strongly in this beauty industry and how she can change lives through this industry. And she is determined to continue to offer opportunities to her stylists, to entrepreneurs, particularly women. And she wants to create innovations in the way the beauty industry is run. And she, my friend, is doing it. I hope you enjoy this interview with my good friend, Rebecca Irvine. Check her out on Instagram, Bex & Co., even Star Cycle, Cedar Park on Instagram. She is there to connect with you. DM her, ask her some questions. You know, as entrepreneurs and coaches, we want questions. We want to hear from you all. We want to know how you need to be served. You, We want to know where you're at currently and how we can help you get to where you want to be in the future. So I am challenging you all to take some time to look up Rebecca Irvine on Instagram. Again, Star Cycle Cedar Park or Bex and Co. Bex and Co. All right, friends, enjoy today's guest, Rebecca Irvine. Hey there, Rebecca. How are you, my friend? Hi, I'm good. So glad to be here. Glad to talk about ambition. I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled that you accepted my invitation to be here with us. This is a cup of ambition. It's a series right here on the Dr. Denise Simpson podcast. This is where I get to interview some amazing women out there living their ambitious life. It is amazing to have you on, and I can't wait to dig into all things ambition. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Awesome. Okay, so let's start with your personal definition 
of ambition? Because we all have a different definition and I want to hear yours. Mm -hmm. So I thought about that a lot and that's tricky for me um, because I automatically connect ambition with success. So ambition is that drive towards success. Now, what's hard for me is when will I ever think that I've accomplished success? So I guess I connect those two things. And it's that that search for when will I be successful? When will I have accomplished what I want to accomplish? What does it even mean to be successful? So really, I guess that drive towards ultimate success is, is ambition for me. I love that. It's the drive. It's uh-huh. just like this. Uh-huh. And, and the drive starts with a desire. I think you'd be like, yes. if you take a step yes. back. Desire it's like, is a perfect word. It's, it's the desire yeah. for more, the desire to be fulfilled, the desire to have joy. Um, and I think that we all have an ambition to find those things. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? Like to have, just to even have that desire because that, that desire starts with a thought in your head. Right. right. Because that's how the emotion, you know, even, even, um, is, is experienced. It's because of a thought right. and thoughts that we have to have, right. To then feel that desire to then go and, 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 and that drive, right. Like you, like you described that drive towards that. So the desire and the drive is something that I'm always so interested to learn about. And so, so thank you for that definition. We all have such an unique, I know, right? Like how fun. Um, so I want to ask you about ambition and how you developed this. Did you have any role models, anyone that you modeled after, um, anybody in your community or in your family and, uh, or life experiences, right? Because life experiences, you know, uh, mold us into who we are today. So can you share a little bit about your background and how you developed ambition? Sure. Sure. So, um, my dad and I, are very, very similar. Um, my dad was a preacher when he was very young, um, and he thought that that's what he was going to be. He gave very compelling speeches, um, but got into a situation where he wasn't necessarily feeling led by the church. It was more spiritual than religious for him. Um, so he got a little bit more into English and writing and philosophy and went forward to get, um, I think his master's degree in English. And he did that for a little while, but then he decided, and maybe this is where success and ambition come in. He decided, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not really enough. So then he became an orthopedic surgeon and he started medical school at 32 years old, which, you know, it's, it's a long, it's a long road to become a doctor. So he started what would typically be considered late in life. And a lot of people thought, what are you doing? You've just been in school forever. Why don't you just choose something? But to me, I saw that as, wow, like when you're not happy with something, you keep moving forward. You keep chasing it. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you are. So I kind of watched that and found that very inspiring. So when it was time for me to go to college, I really just wanted to be a hairstylist, just a hairstylist, which is a common term in my industry. Unfortunately, I don't think that's true, but that's what we get told a lot. Um, trade school is not the route you're supposed to take. It's kind of plan B if plan A doesn't work out. 
So my parents said, sure, you can do that. Be a hairstylist. But you should also go to college. You know, you can't just be a hairstylist. So I went to cosmetology school. I became a hairstylist. I started working in the field. I was inspired by it. I was inspired by the people I worked with. I just saw so much passion and creativity um, in this community. Um, But I still went to college because you're supposed to go to college. Um, And what's so funny is I... Paid. I mean, I made, I think at 19 years old, I was making 40,000 a year as a hairstylist in (laughs) 2003. Yeah. Oh my gosh. While my friends were working at Starbucks, I was making $40,000 a year working three or four days a week. And I thought, okay, you know, they say that I need to go to college and, and get a professional career, but is that true? So I really stayed in that path and pushed forward and and stayed a hairstylist for a while um, and led to the top of my industry. I, I worked in big name salons. I became creative directors. I But I found that that wasn't enough and that the industry was broken, that people mm-hmm. were overworked and they were underpaid and they were undervalued. And a lot of it went back to, well, you just have a trade school degree. You know, you really aren't qualified to be paid what you want to be paid, even though you're generating that amount of income. So I saw a need and that's what led me to open Vex & Co um, with absolutely no experience in business at all. <laughs> I just wanted a cool place for me and my friends to work and make a lot of money. So that's how everything was really born for me. <laughs> that's amazing. I, let's take it back to dad because I've been uh-huh. hearing about dad, you know, for yeah. several years. Yeah. <laughs> I was like trying to figure out how long we've known each other. Right. Um, I, it's probably... Maybe eight. I was going to say eight. Yeah. Open for five years at the new location. Yeah. It's seeing me for a few years before that. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) It's so crazy. So I've been hearing about dad and of course, mom and brother, but Mm -hmm. dad, especially, you know, his experience in going to medical school so late. I mean, late, you know, quote unquote, late, (laughs) late in the game in his early thirties. Right. Right. And, and, and to, for you to have seen that and to have been demonstrated that you can do whatever it is that you want to do and seek that fulfillment, mm-hmm. no matter what age, like you said, no matter you know what experiences uh, you know you have, because he was a dad already at that point, right? right. I mean, I, mean, I was probably eleven. Wow. Yeah, I think I think I was eleven. Wow. Yeah. What a pivotal moment for you and your brother, sure. probably, to see that to see that you could still have giant delicious desires and dreams, no matter what age, no matter what circumstances. And as long as you follow that, that, that impulse or that inspiration for fulfillment, Mm -hmm. because like success and and happiness, people think are mutually exclusive and they're not, you can have both and you can have that and more. Right. Absolutely. Right. So many of us sacrificing our happiness, sacrificing our fulfillment, sacrificing our purpose in life for the sake of societal terms or our parental terms or, you know, whatever our culture told us was, you know, was, was good or not. Right. And, and, and societal expectations are you go get a degree. Right. right. You go get, yeah, you get formal. Oh, whatever you choose, you better stick with it because you spent a lot of years and a lot of money getting it. So if you chose the wrong thing, it doesn't matter. You just have to fight through it because it's what you chose yeah. when you were 19 or 20 or 21 or whenever you decided to what your degree was going to be in. Right. Totally. That, yes. That's my life. Yeah. <laughs> 
I have followed this linear progression since college. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what a lot of people do. And sometimes it's the right choice, but sometimes you go, wow, oops, I wasn't supposed to be a nurse. It's not what I want. Or I wasn't supposed to be a teacher or whatever it might be for you. Right. And so it's so wonderful, though, that you knew leaving high school that this is exactly what you wanted to do. You wanted to become our stylist and not just any stylist. I mean, you, you, like you said, you have been, you know, at some of the best and most prestigious salons and, 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 uh, you know, businesses where you then get to go and pursue these again, big, delicious desires and dreams that you have. And so you answered your calling really early on because of what you saw because of what you experienced. And, and so here you are now super successful. And, you know, I love talking to you about entrepreneurship. I love picking your brain because I just, I find you such an anomaly. You're so interesting. Like I, I love how, you know, you and I can talk about risk, right. And the entrepreneur's brain and the whole risk averter that I am. It's, that's why I find you so fascinating because you're out there, you know, running these amazing businesses all because you thought, how fun if I, you know, if I open up a salon for my friends and I to have fun in. For my friends, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here you are just impacting so many lives. You know, obviously your clients, but but your your employees and your staff. And, and here you are so successful with multiple salons. And then of course, star cycle. Come on, my friend. Like, this is amazing. I just, I love how your brain works. And, and that's why you're just the perfect guest to have on this episode, because I want to talk about that desire and the, and that drive that you have. And so let's, let's turn our attention to obstacles or objections. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I want to, I want to specifically look at any of your self-limiting beliefs, right? Because mine may be very different than yours. <laughs> Right. So on your journey to success, what were some obstacles or self-limiting beliefs or maybe even parental imposed beliefs, right? Because I can talk all day about, about parental yes. imposed beliefs, but any that you can share with us that you had to overcome to be here where you are today? Yeah. Well, a few things. Um, one is that you have to work really hard for your money. Um, I thought you know, getting up earlier than everybody else, going to bed later than everyone else, not taking breaks, just really trading my time for money was absolutely necessary. Um, And I still fight this. I'm trying to step back from putting in so many hours behind the chair because I don't need to anymore. But I'm so scared that if I don't do that time, the money won't come. So that's, um, that's a hard one for entrepreneurs. I give myself a job right now um, because I work within my salon and I generate revenue within my salon and that's where my money comes from. And that's really the shift I'm focusing on right now is not trading my time for money anymore Um, in that sense where I work from 9.30 to 6 p.m. and I'm scheduled appointments and my money comes from each hour that I work. So that was a big one for me. Um, And it's hard because I feel like hard work is good. It's good to work hard. It's important to work hard. If you don't work hard, you don't deserve what you have. So these are very untrue stories that I've been telling myself for a very long time. Um, And what I found is that story exists in my industry. Um, 
with lots of hairstylists. They think that you don't take breaks. You don't go to the bathroom. You don't eat. You work as hard as you can. You cram as many people as you can into a day. Um, you work as many hours as you can and you can make a lot of money, but that's the only way. And I'm kind of trying to change that because we're very valuable um, and we're very smart. And it doesn't necessarily have to be what we physically do. It can also be what we teach um, or what we coach or what we can show people. You only have to be one step ahead to teach somebody something. So that's probably my my biggest one that I'm working through right now. Yeah, both are really interesting. Yeah. So you coming from the service industry and, you know, in that you know, beauty industry, I'm coming from the coaching industry, right? And so for me, you know, trading time for money resonates really strongly for me because I'm like you, I'm, we're only one person, right? <laughs> and oh, so, right. Yeah. And so here you are, you know, working one-on-one and, and, you know, it's, it's dedicated time and energy to your client, just like you dedicate time when I'm sitting in your chair, you know, it's just so much energy. Your skills come into play, you know, your coaching comes into play, right? Your, you know, your conversational skills come into play and here you are tending to my every need for however long we're together, an hour and a half, two hours sometimes, depending on what we're doing. And, and I can resonate with that because I do the same thing with my clients. And so that's something that I have had to really break through that, you know, trading the time for the money. And so in fine, and now I'm finding ways to, to be able to serve more than one person at a time, right. hence the group coaching programs that I well, have. that's where and the magic happens. That's where it yeah. happens. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and also, you know, it's, it's, it's part of sustainability and it's part of self-care. And it's, I mean, you know, here we are trying to impact our clients' lives. And, and if we're not inspired and we're not moved, then how are we going to do that for our clients? So we need to take care of ourselves. Yeah. These self-limiting beliefs can be very, very destructive and we don't manage them. (laughs) Yeah. So good. So what's the next level of success for you? So going back to not trading my time for money, um, I found very quickly that the joyful part of my job is growing other entrepreneurs. So when I can take a stylist who was making $30,000 working 45 hours a week um, and turn them into $150,000 stylist by the next year, working fewer hours and taking big vacations for months out of the year, that's pretty cool. Like I have the ability to do that. I have the ability to guide people and help people. So that's what I spent a lot of my time doing is my friends, my stylists that work with me, I teach them how to do that all the way from taxes and LLCs and ordering product and setting up payroll and building your corporation um, to engaging with clients and marketing and how to transition them over into a new salon. And that's what people are missing. They're scared to take the risk because they just don't know how. It's not that they're not capable. It's that nobody's ever showed them how to do that. So my next step um, is one, I'm, I'm starting a coaching business. Um, so yes, yes. So that instead of just taking these stylists that work for me, because I have limited resources, um, I can coach all stylists in 
how to grow their business. Um, and really eventually everybody in my industry, massage therapists, nail techs, how to grow your business and become your own boss because the industry is broken and we have to change it. Um, the second thing I'm doing is I'm extending my reach. Um, I just opened my South Lamar location of my salon. Um, I might be closing this week on a downtown location of my salon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at a possible fourth location um, under my model. It's scaling fast. Um, a lot of opportunities have come around. A lot of people closing businesses that aren't working that will work with my model. And so I'm just trying to scale it, which means I'm going to have to work less and invest more of my time in growing stylists and growing these new businesses. But um, it's on the horizon. It's not official, but we're we're working towards it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, I if, okay, if only our listeners could see me over here jumping up and down, going crazy, because this is so amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Rebecca, first of all, coaching your fellow peers and, and showing them that the system is broken and there's a better way to do this. And here right. is how, and, and who doesn't want to take their business from five, you know, from five right. to six figures and, and beyond, but yeah. also more importantly, keep their sanity, right? Not sacrifice their mental and emotional well-being, and then trading time for money. Like we just talked about showing them that it is possible to have success and happiness and a ton of money. And that is so brilliant. And the, and then, you know, you, scaling your business right now and having multiple locations that you're investing in so that you can then keep impacting more and more lives, not just again, the clients, but, but your employees and this and your staff and ultimately this industry. I am so crazy excited for you right now because this is as, as a coach in this industry, <laughs> I understand the power of the, and how transformational our industry is. And so to hear you say this, I'm just thrilled for you. So here we are with, with you know, all these wonderful things on the horizon. And I just asked you about some of those self-limiting beliefs that you've had to power through. Okay, so now with this new level of success, what new obstacles <laughs> are, are you anticipating you know, you know, um, anticipating, experiencing, and how are you going to overcome some of these new obstacles? Um, like you said, there's only one of me, um, and I'm a micromanager, and I like everything to be done a certain way. Um, and I'm very particular about my space and my brand and the culture I create. And so, I really, even at Star Cycle, you know. I feel like I have to be very present to build that brand and that culture. Um, what I'm learning is that's why you build the brand and the culture is so that you don't have to be present for it to exist. So I'm working on hiring a team of people who can work with me, um, who embody all the same brand and culture ideas that I have so that they can basically speak on my behalf so that they can build the brand and culture in the same way I do. Um, I'm also working on systems, not just things that exist in my brain, but actual written systems of how you do these things. Um, so it doesn't require me for all right now we have close to 30 stylists. And so for me to personally coach and train each stylist for hours and hours on things that like 
here's a distributor's phone number. Here's the accountant's phone number. I can make that into a system and they can find it very easily whenever they need it. So that was one of the big, the first obstacle. Um, the second is coming out from behind the chair. Um, I work, you know, 40 something hours a week. I love my clients. I love you guys so much. It brings me lots of joy to do it, but I'm doing it too much. So in order to create these new businesses and still have a little bit of work-life balance, I have to pull out, you know, a day. I have to be away from the salon for a day at least to make that happen. So I'm, I'm trying to drop my schedule down a little bit at a time, um, which means having to say goodbye to some clients, mm-hmm. not, not you, <laughs> but some clients, I know, never. <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard to make that transition. There's fear. It's risky um, because that's where a lot of my money comes from. Um, wondering if I let these clients go and it doesn't work out, will I be able to get new clients? I mean, Things that, uh, stories I tell myself, like if you fail, the only thing you have to come back to is your talent and doing hair. So you'll have to rebuild your business. You'll have to regrow as a stylist. And I want to get that story out of my head so that I can focus on, well, I'm not going to fail. And if I fail in one, I've got three more that work and it's okay to fail, learn something and start over. So that's, those are, those are my biggest fears and obstacles right now. My goodness. But first of all, I loved how you started with hiring a team that can represent your brand and, you know, it has the same, um, um, you know, emotional tie to the brand. And I mean, you have star cycle and you have the salon. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, you have to find, you know, a group of people that can help you do that so that you can then go, like you said, go and scale the rest of the business and, and keep going. I also liked how you said the systems, putting some systems in place, taking them out of your brain and actually putting them on paper and putting them in order. Um, and so, and also love that you said, getting behind the chair and the fear that's tied to that, the fear of failure that's tied to that. And so what I like to tell my clients is to fail ahead of time in your head, right? The worst case scenario in your head. Yeah. Play that out already Mm -hmm. so that as you are going through this journey to reach this next level of success or the scaling your business or whatever is next, that you've already lived through it in your brain so that you are then able to overcome some of those obstacles as they come along without the emotional charge to failure because so many of us ambitious successful women (laughs) still you have to deal with the fear of failing it's just something that we (laughs) and evaluate what it means to fail I mean is it a failure if one portion of your business doesn't turn out to be the right direction and you eliminate it and go in another direction is that really a failure or is that an innovation It's kind of the same way I try to replace problems with challenges or, you know, the word problems for challenges. That vocabulary is so important is sometimes things don't work, but that's where innovation comes in and you you switch directions and you keep going. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I liked how you also reframed some of those words, right? So instead of failure, it's only feedback and that's all we're going to use. And it, and that's where some innovation, yeah, the innovation can come through those, the the feedback opportunities. Opportunities for growth. Yes. (laughs) 
So let's switch gears a little bit because I want to talk about the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously as a salon owner of multiple salons and now Star Cycle in the health and wellness industry, what are some of the biggest misconceptions yeah. in regards to women and ambition? I'd love to hear your take on this. Sure. Um, so one thing, I'll start with this, and this is a good way for you to understand, for people to understand where the beauty industry is in the minds of most people, um, specifically men, <laughs> you know, that walk in and get their $15 haircut, you know, whatever it might be. Um, they're trying to, to take away high school programs that train girls to be cosmetologists in high school because they believe it sets them up to live below the line of poverty. And that's really such a misconception. Um, if you Google anywhere, average hairstylist pay, um, how much does a hairstylist make? Like if some, if a younger girl is Googling that, it says on average $23,000 a year mm-hmm. as a full-time career um, and possibly 28000 after 10 years on the upper end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, is that not true? Or is the industry really taking a talent and cashing in on it and only paying particularly women, not very much money to do it. And maybe because it's primarily women that are in it. I don't know, but it's whatever it is, it's not true. So under my model, I have girls, um, that graduated college that have degrees that are nurses that are different things. And they make the reason they do it is because they make 150000 200000 a year. They travel the world, they work part-time, and they own their own businesses. So when I hear that it's because it's, it keeps you under the poverty line, that you can't make money doing it, um, that you're just a hairstylist, it really bothers me. And I think there's an idea that it's all these people that couldn't cut it in college. Mm. It's plan B. You weren't good enough for college, so you had to become a hairstylist. Um, You had a baby early, so college wasn't an option. You had to choose to be a hairstylist. It's just not true anymore. It's just not true. And I want to change that. It's I I really actively fight um, against them taking the programs out of college. I mean, um, out of well, even colleges too. They have associates programs in that. Um, But particularly high schools where girls that maybe are in lower income families can graduate with a job that they can make. $50,000 $50,000 in their first year out if they really let somebody train them. So I'm, I'm really trying to change the perceptions around. It. Yeah. It's disrupting. Around. You are a disruptor of this yeah. industry. It's not and popular. I'm not popular amongst um, salon owners who mm. do a model that's either hourly or commission-based. Um, they think I'm ruining the industry, but it's because I'm, I do. I pull their stylists and I show them that they can do better. And so, you know, it's, it's not a popular belief. That's for sure. No. And to hear you speak this way is just so (laughs) surprising to me because yeah, you know, obviously I'm not in the industry. I I get to benefit and and reap the rewards of the industry. Right. But Mm -hmm. I don't get to live in it. And that's why this question is so important when I ask my guests, because I get to, I get to really, you know, live in that industry for a second or two and just, and, and surprise, just be surprised 
in in the misconceptions that that you all have mentioned. I mean, I've interviewed a few others, and and I'm always leading these interviews. You know, well learned, <laughs> ah. you know, well informed. Because my goodness, t- to to be able to change the model of an mm-hmm. industry that has you know operated in. I mean, it's been op- you've been operating in this specific model for so long, oh, yeah. Rebecca, and then to come in and to disrupt this whole industry, I could see how you are a threat to them. Mm-hmm. And I love how you are doing this because of your desire, going back to your ambition, because of the drive that you have and determined to change the landscape of this industry and to ultimately change the lives of these women and yes, men in the industry right. that are working under these mo- this new model that you are creating for everyone. Mm -hmm. So delicious. Rebecca, I love you. I love that you're disrupting this game. (laughs) (laughs) I like to do it. (laughs) I'm right behind you. I love it. So share any words of encouragement for anyone listening who just needs to be reminded that they can do it, that they're supported. And, and yeah, can you share just a little bit? Sure. Um, well, taking risks is really scary. Um, And what I found is there's a lot of people who love you and care about you and have only good intentions for you, but they're scared for you. And they will tell you, you know, if you do this, if you take this risk, if you open this business, if you quit your nine to five, how will you support your family? Can you be there for your family? You know, is this the right choice? What if you spend all your money and it doesn't work? And I really think those people come from a place of good intentions And what I learned is that you can love and care about somebody, but not necessarily love or care about what they think. So I had to really overcome um, people who thought what I was doing was a bad idea or that it was scary or that I was making a wrong choice or that I was going to fail and, and really move forward towards it, knowing that I could do it, knowing that it maybe somebody just doesn't understand what I'm doing. So that was, um, that was a really big one. Um, my next thing that I think is super important is, um, and this is unrelated, but I think it's so important that we exercise our minds in the same way we exercise our bodies. Mm -hmm. So I read a lot. Um, I listen to audible and books on tape every time I'm in the car, when I'm in the grocery store, when I'm in my kitchen cooking, I'm always reading something. I'm always trying to learn something. I'm always doing a mastermind. I'm always re- a podcast. I just want to suck in as much information and knowledge from really positive, motivational people um, as I can. And I really think when you get into that realm with people who are encouraging to take risks, and even if it's just on a podcast or um, in a book, you start changing those stories that are telling you you can't do it. So that's a really big one for me too. So good. Thank you so very much. Love the words of encouragement you're leaving us with. I'm so inspired by you. I mean, I was in love with you before, but now my friend, that's it. There's like another, you know, lifetime of (laughs) of friendship with you because I'm just, I'm so in awe in what you've created for yourself in your life Mm -hmm. and, and where you're going. I'm just, I'm, I'm along for the ride and I'm here to support you (laughs) on this journey. So thank you for joining me today, Rebecca. And where can our listeners find you? 
Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm also known as Bex. Um, I'm with Bex and Co Salon. Um, we're at Bex and Co Salon. Um, and then I also have Star Cycle. So we're at Star Cycle Cedar Park and you can find what I'm up to on any of those places. <laughs> so good. Everyone listening, please go follow Rebecca and show her some love and support. And thank you again, Rebecca. I'm going to toast to you, my darling friend. Uh, this is some water. I don't know if you've got any uh, <laughs> or, or wine or champagne, but the toast is for you. Cheers you. to you, I'm gorgeous. So Thank you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to join me inside my exclusive coaching membership for ambitious women just like you. It's called Next Level Progress. There, I will help you reach your next level of success with confidence, pride, and true fulfillment. So head over to drdenisesimpson.com forward slash NLP, get started right away and get the support that you need and deserve. That website again is drdenisesimpson.com forward slash NLP. See you there.